Hello everyone, my name is Rob Weberdink, and today's scripture reading is from 1 Peter 2, 13-17. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves, so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone, and love the family of believers. Fear God, and respect the King. Hey church, guess what? I had originally planned on this message being a two-part message, and this was going to be part two of that two-part message, and I've extended it out another week. I feel like we need another week to give this text its proper due, considering how much there is in this text and how much applies to our situation right now. So this is part two of what has become a three-part <laughs> message called the Jesus the Third Way. Uh, so this is part two, and if you haven't watched part one, I'd encourage you to go back and watch part one on this. Uh, there's a lot of setup in that message. Um, so part two of a three-part message, or hopefully a three-part message. So there is some good news to report this week although it is very small. 34 state parks and forests are gonna be reopened this coming Friday. Also, Governor Evers is allowing some non-essential businesses to start contactless service. This includes pet groomers, small engine repair shops, upholstery shops, and outdoor recreational vehicle rentals. So the good news is that your pet can get a haircut, but the bad news is that you cannot. <laughs> In other good news, the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and curbside pickups still remain open. Last week Friday, just to get out of the house, my family drove all the way down to Brookfield just to go through the drive-thru of Chick-fil-A. Then we brought our food here to the Grace 242 offices where we had a Chick-fil-A picnic in the conference room and then we took a walk around downtown Cedarburg. It was great. Regardless of all that little good news, reopening is certainly the hope for all of us right now. We're all wondering when our state will be reopened and when we can go back to our normal lives again. Personally, I don't know how much longer I can go with my current hair the way it is. I think I'm gonna need to buzz it at some point. It's becoming very difficult to style it. <laughs> We're all wondering when will our state reopen? And as we face the question of when and how to reopen, we're seeing the emergence of these two camps, and I went into detail about this last week. And again, just a quick disclaimer, I'm about to paint with a broad brush as I lay out these camps. One camp is the lock it down camp. This camp favors the safety of staying home and distancing ourselves. And this camp considers the risk to people if we were to reopen. The other camp is the open it up camp, and this camp considers the blow that this crisis is dealing to our economy right now. This camp wants things opened up now. And these camps largely break down along political lines. The question for us though as the church is, how do we respond? How does the church respond? The lock it down camp is one way. The open it up camp is a second way. But the church's response shouldn't be either one of these. The church's response should be a third biblical way. So, as exiles and foreigners and as citizens of heaven, what is the church's third way to respond? Peter, Jesus' disciple, facing the trials and persecutions of a hostile culture, helps the people of God fashion a third way response that honors God. In verse 13, at the start of 14 in chapter 2 of 1 Peter, he says, 
For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed. Now this ought to come as a surprise to us because when Peter says submit to the government, he's talking about Rome. And Rome was no shining beacon of good in the world. This is the same Rome that put Peter's rabbi Jesus on the cross. This is the same Rome that Peter calls Babylon at the end of his letter in chapter 5, verse 13. If you remember, Babylon was the nation that conquered Jerusalem and exiled the Jews. So Peter calling Rome Babylon is certainly pejorative. But even given Rome's reputation, Peter still says, submit to the government. Well, why? Peter says, for the Lord's sake. Right away in verse 13, he says, for the Lord's sake, submit to the governing authorities. Peter's use of the word Lord gives us a window into his mind. As he writes these words, Peter is thinking of his friend Jesus, who did exactly this. King Jesus submitted to the Romans, so much so that the evil of Rome took his life. But by losing his life at the hands of Rome, King Jesus was exalted to his heavenly throne. This is why we submit, because Jesus is Lord and Caesar is not. I think Peter's instruction to submit to the governing authorities is, in a way, the best of what the Lock It Down camp has to offer. Many in the Lock It Down camp have shown us what it looks like to put your own agenda on hold and follow the direction of the government's authority. As Christians, when we look at the Lock It Down camp, we ought to be reminded of Peter's instructions to submit. However, at the same time that the Lock It Down camp reminds us of biblical submission to authority, we ought to remember that Jesus is Lord and Caesar is not. This is the critique of the Lock It Down camp. The critique is that the government is not the ultimate authority. Jesus is the ultimate authority. This should not surprise us because the Lock It Down camp is not some sort of Christian group. I mean, it's made of believers and unbelievers, so it's not like the kingship of Jesus is this value in that community. That is a secular camp. But as Christians, when we look at the Lock It Down camp, we need to remember that Jesus is Lord, not the government. In Peter's day, there was this faction of Jews called the Sadducees who were powerful aristocrats in charge of the temple. The Sadducees cozied up to the Roman Empire in order to gain and wield power and influence. But at the same time, the Sadducees rejected Jesus as the Messiah. While the Sadducees had no problem with the authority of Rome, they rejected the authority of King Jesus. Now. Back to 1 Peter. In one breath, he says, submit to the government. But then in another breath, in verse 16, he says, for you are free. Paul writes in Galatians 5.1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You can imagine Christians reading Peter's instruction to submit to government and objecting and saying something like, but Christ's sacrifice freed us. But look back at verse 16. Peter says, For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Freedom in Christ is not some libertarian autonomy to do whatever you want. This is not a license to do whatever you want to do. 
Now, I haven't referenced The Simpsons in a long time, so now seems like an appropriate time to do so. And there's an episode where this self-help guy named Brad Goodman comes to town. And he brings Bart Simpson up on stage, where Bart says, I do what I feel. Brad Goodman's asking him some questions, and Bart simply says, I do what I feel. And then this, I do what I feel, statement becomes the mantra of the entire town of Springfield. So everyone starts doing what they feel like doing, which goes horribly wrong, of course. And let's just watch everyone beginning to do whatever they feel like doing. A new mood is in the air in Springfield, as refreshing as a pre-moistened towelette. Folks are finally accepting their feelings and really communicating with no holding back. Of course, all these good vibes can be traced to one feisty little scamp who taught us that if it feels good, do it! Now, instead of my boring old sermon, I'm going to take a page from the Book of Bart and do something I've always wanted to do. Take five, Mrs. Fish. Wait, wait, I can do this. Wait, wait, hold on. Springfield will have its first annual Do What You Feel Festival this Saturday, whenever you feel like showing up. It'll be a welcome change from our annual Do As We Say Festival, started by German settlers in 1946. Bark anywhere. I'm not gonna lay any rules replying you today. <laughs> I show you this clip because freedom in Christ is not doing whatever you feel like doing. Freedom in Christ is, paradoxically, slavery and service to God. In Romans 6.22, Paul says, But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves to God. Freedom in Christ means a transfer of ownership. Whereas sin was once your master, now God has become your master. You are no longer a slave to the sinful desires of your flesh. Now you are free to be God's servant. Commentator Peter David says, Freedom is not release from bondage to a state of autonomy, but release from bondage to become a slave of God. Only in God's joyful slavery is there true freedom. The best of the Open It Up camp is a reminder to Christians of the call to freedom. When Christians see the Open It Up camp lobbying for businesses to restart and for people to go back to work, we need to be reminded of the freedom that Christ has purchased for us. That God actually wants to liberate us. He wants us to be a free people. But at the same time, the Open It Up camp stands upon the Constitution of the United States as they lobby for freedom. Peter, in calling us exiles, reminds us that we are citizens of heaven first and citizens of the United States a distant second. The Constitution of the United States is an authority, but it is not even close to the highest authority. Christ revealed in his word the Bible is the highest authority. Add to that, freedom in Christ is not American freedom. It is freedom from sin and death. Freedom from Christ is slavery to God. Peter even says in verse 16, So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. In Peter's day, there was this faction of Jews called the Zealots. 
The Zealots hated Roman occupation so much that they actually took arms against the Romans. Their desire was for the Jews to be a free people, so they engaged in guerrilla warfare against Rome. The Zealots recognized God alone as king, and therefore could not abide the Roman occupation. The Zealots may have recognized God as Israel's one and true king, but they truly missed the kingship of Jesus. Because King Jesus did not engage in violence, rather, he submitted to it. So we're back to the question, how does the church respond? The lock it down camp is one way. The open it up camp is another way. What's the third way for the church? We'll tackle that question in next week's message.